Do complex legal issues hold you back? Let's get energized and bring clarity to your top legal questions. This is Law Talk with the Flock by Guzman Law Firm. Gina Guzman, a CEO, lawyer, author, and woman business owner here to help navigate you through the law, your business, and life as a leader. For today's episode, I have with me attorney Aaron Adams. Aaron is a business, banking, and financial technology attorney at Guzman Law Firm, and today we're going to talk about the evolving world of cryptocurrency. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Thank you. And Aaron, maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about yourself before we jump into the topic. Sure. Uh, by way of background, I spent most of my career in-house at various uh, organizations, especially in the fintech area, where uh, payments and things such as um, a Bitcoin and uh, cyber currency that we're going to talk about today were uh, uh, top of mind all the time. Outstanding. And, and for our listeners to know, uh, Aaron and I went to law school together, and that's how we originally met. And now we're privileged to get to work together at the firm. It's been a wild ride, Gina. (laughs) Never a boring day at the Gooseman Law Firm, is there, Aaron? That's right. So, Aaron, as we talk about this today, we're just going to kind of keep it really high level for our listeners. And I know down the line, we're going to have some more in-depth discussions about cryptocurrency because it's something that's definitely affecting our practice of law and our clients and a topic that we deal with here at the Gooseman Law Firm on the regular. So with that, Aaron, can you just explain to everyone what is cryptocurrency? Sure, and, and I'll try to make it as simplistic as possible using an illustration that uh, maybe some of our um, business owners might be uh, familiar with. So it's a form of online payment at the end of the day that can be used to purchase goods and services. The concept and probably the best analogy is going to be if you go to a casino and you want to play a table game, they're not going to let you just sit down with a pile of cash. You're going to have to go to the cage and get a bunch of chips uh, which are just with no intrinsic value. Um, you know, they're, the only value those chips have, those pieces of clay, are what the, what the casino says, hey, this chip is worth $5, this chip is worth $10. The same concept here is with the cryptocurrency where we are providing a, um, a piece of data or, or an item that says, hey, I agree that um, seller will sell you this piece of uh, Bitcoin for whatever the two of us will agree to on a, for a purchase price. Um, because it has no intrinsic value, there is no guaranteed cash flows, and so the only way then to make money off of it is to have a buyer down the road that thinks it's worth more than what you paid for it. So again, at the highest of levels, that's the best analogy I can give for what Bitcoin is. So Aaron, what's the appeal to cryptocurrency? Why has this become such a big area? Yep, so there's a lot of uh, nervousness, concern from people in the industry and from, uh, you know, companies that say, hey, why do I have to go to a bank? Why do I have to use Visa, MasterCard, all of those to uh, manage my money flow and then have to pay them uh, a certain percentage to handle that transaction? The, the, The nicety of cryptocurrency is kind of taking out all of that because these transactions are what they call transparent because of block 
chain, which we can get into at some other point as well, what that really means. But it's basically taken out the middleman, and I'm now 100% confident that I won't ever have my data and information hacked, and therefore um, I'll be able to know who has the money at all times. Now the downside is, because there's nobody kind of helping prop and back that up, is if you were to lose your computer, as an example, and don't have the data credentials to go find that, well, you're SOL and have no way of recovering that uh, data and that and that relates to those Bitcoin uh, numbers. So there's a lot going on there, and I'm going to try and kind of back out what some of those different phrases are for people that might not be as familiar with cryptocurrency. And I heard you mention Bitcoin, and how does Bitcoin fit into the cryptocurrency world? Yep, so it's just one of several that are currently the trendy thing to uh, you know work with right now. There's, there's Bitcoin, there's Ripple, there's Ethereum. Uh, again, they're all just variations on a theme of what you might be able to use to buy and sell goods online. So again, think of it as a different form of currency from pulling out your piece of plastic in your wallet that has a Visa bug on it or a MasterCard or paying through PayPal. Again, it's just a different conversation of what you want to use to pay for those transactions. So I know one of the big players right now, uh, and you know, you just not notified uh, the market over the weekend that they're going to stop is Tesla uh, has stopped taking those as a form of payment. But he said, hey, instead of cash, pay me in Bitcoin for that Tesla that you want to take home today. Right. And then I think there were some tweets about whether or not that was uh, environmentally friendly because people are also mining for Bitcoin. What What is this mining for Bitcoin, Aaron? Yep. So again, at, the, at its very core, what you're doing is there's a bunch of numbers out in the universe and it takes all this computing power to go find the right sequence to say, hey, this piece of Bitcoin that has this binary sequence of you know 15 numbers is worth an intrinsic value of whatever. So you've got all these computers all over the world going out there and being speculative miners looking for this data to say then, hey, I have this opportunity to um, mine and find uh, this Bitcoin. So part of where the environmental impact comes in is the uh, energy costs to run those computers and do that mining. That's exactly right. So you. One of your biggest uh, places where you're seeing a lot of this right now is in China, where they are just ganging together these hundreds, if not thousands of computers and the, and the just greenhouse effect of having all those computers running all the time to find this is just killing um, the, um, the green space. And I know we have some clients that have some mining businesses and they only run six months out of the year because of the um, heating and cooling costs to keep the equipment at a certain temperature. Uh, I think it's just super interesting to, to see how uh, the energy sector has interplayed with the cryptocurrency world. That's exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, um, they're taking electricity uh, instead of diesel gas to fund, to power up those, those excavators and those dump trucks. Uh, you know, they're looking for the gold and the ground. They're using, again, electricity to find uh, that gold online trying to find these numbers but the concept is basically the same and there are all kinds of different cryptocurrencies and i know you mentioned a number of them aaron and there's everything litecoin ethereum uh bitcoin which was the, the one that i think has been around a long time and then there's even dogecoin and i think doge is interesting because didn't it kind of start as a joke but now it's like really valuable 
It, it is, and, and that's where, you know, at this time, everything is just very speculative. Um, I think the market is trying to understand and figure out what makes the most sense uh, because of the cost of the transactions and things. I think certainly the concept in amongst itself is, you know, intriguing, especially to those that have been playing in the payment space and how you buy and sell stuff. Um, but whether it's lit um, that one or Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, I don't think the market has really settled on what makes the most economic sense yet. And Bitcoin itself, I know today is trading at over $43,000. So it's definitely increased in value since just a few years ago. It has. And, you know, it's funny, though, going back to the comment earlier from Elon and, and Tesla uh, by his saying that they're going to stop taking it. I think it made it drop, you know, uh, you know, 15 percent overnight. And then he came and he kind of dialed that back and says, well, maybe we're going to hang on to that stuff and maybe not uh, fully get rid of all of our holdings, which then brought it up. You know, twelve percent overnight again. I just very, very volatile right now in the in the market. And so, when people are trading on Bitcoin, I think it's also important to know, in the legal standpoint, uh, you don't have the same SEC regulations today, do you, Aaron? It's it's a, a different kind of currency to be trading, and it's not as regulated today. I'm absolutely right. It's it, <laughs> regulated. I would say it's probably not at all yet. Uh, I, the, I'm sure the SEC and others are going to catch up, but they're just still trying to figure out and get their arms just like a lot of us of what exactly it is and then how do we, how are we going to help make sure that the consumer uh, is protected. They just are still trying to figure out what it is before they can figure out how to, how to protect people. I know that some of the interesting legal issues that we've had to tackle are when people do have gains, how is that taxed? Uh, and I know that came up uh, in a pretty big way this year, as well as um, are these funds or people pooling their money together to do different trades? How is that regulated? Um, people wanting to form their own currency, how do they go about doing that? And uh, lots of different ways that the law is interplaying with this new technology. And uh, some tricky things to figure out because the law hasn't caught up yet, has it, Aaron? No, it hasn't. And you're right. It, it's, it's one of those things, too, that as we become a better understanding of the whole blockchain and all these things and how they work, I think you'll find uh, an answer. But I, whether it's going to happen overnight, no, you're probably looking, you know, months, if not a couple years out before there's a better understanding of how how best to ensure that we protect uh, the consumer and, and the use of it. And you and I are both licensed in practice law in the state of South Dakota. I know that this next year, our firm is going to be working on trying to help write some of the new law for the state of South Dakota to get passed in uh, the next legislative session so that South Dakota can have some good guidance and, and be a leader in the country on these different issues, uh, much like it is a trust leader. No, absolutely right. And that's, that's uh, fortuitous for us to be able to participate in the, you know, how the sausage gets made as it relates to how we're going to oversee this stuff at the state level. That's a very uh, awesome opportunity for us and we're looking forward to helping uh, carve out and make sure that we uh, develop these laws in a way that makes sense for everybody. And I know that we're also you know, working to, to keep up with this and stay ahead of it so that we can advise those clients both in the traditional uh, financial sector as well for how is this going to affect them and their business. and. Uh, we've really uh, worked hard to develop a team in order to stay in, in front of these different issues. And 
uh, one of the things that we talk about is when we encounter different folks and they want to talk to us about cryptocurrency, I see a lot that there's FOMO or the fear of missing out. And have you experienced that, Aaron, where people are, are really curious about what's going on and they, they see a lot and they hear a lot about cryptocurrency, but they don't quite know how to, to get involved and take advantage of what the changes are? There is. I think it's, there's, uh, from the clients I've talked to, they are, there's, there's obviously that concern, but it's more of a curiosity yet. Um, it's still in its very infantile uh, stages. And so I don't think they're fully worried that they're missing the ship yet. Uh, but as this thing continues to garner some speed and some steam, I think that there will be more of that happening in the next uh, year or so of, hey, okay, this really is taking on some legs. I probably need to think uh, more about it. Again, I think of it very similar to how uh, credit cards came into uh, being the way uh, back in the day. People didn't really want to or were uh, worried about uh, missing out on that originally. But then as more and more people wanted to buy and sell their goods using plastics, they're like, okay, now I need to figure it out. Uh, we'll get there. We're just not quite there yet. Aaron, if a business leader wanted to get started and uh, learn more about cryptocurrency and see how they could maybe buy some cryptocurrency, how would they get started? Sure. I, I, and again, this is one of those things where the internet is is your best friend at times. Just be cognizant and uh, reserved on not everything you read is 100% accurate, but um, that's where they're making their money is is by having the opportunity for people to go out there and just research it on their own of, hey, what is cryptocurrency? Just hitting the Google key is, is kind of the best way to just get their arms around it because we're all learning about it the, at the same kind of speed right now. And there are a number of apps available for people that want to actually buy some and, and trade cryptocurrency too? There are. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any at, the, at my fingertips right now, but yes, there are, there are several out there that um, are available for individual investor to kind of take a look at and figure out how to buy and sell if they so choose. Absolutely. I know there's everything from Coinbase to Robinhood, which made a, a big uh, mark in the news uh, earlier this year with the trading of GameStop and the movie theater stock. So uh, lots of different opportunities out there to figure out which one's the right for you and to do your own research and also talk with your investment advisor. And with that, Erin, what, what are your thoughts on people consulting with financial planners and financial advisors as they enter into this space? I would say I would highly recommend it. You know, it, it's, a, it's a team effort, especially, you know, talking to Guzman from a legal standpoint on how best to protect yourself, but certainly talking to your, your CPA, your accountant, and your investment uh, team to make sure that, uh, again, recognizing that this is highly speculative and volatile, uh, what makes the most sense as far as adding it to your portfolio? Absolutely, I would recommend reaching out to uh, those parts of your team. You bet, because we certainly don't want people to overextend themselves um, in this space at, and uh, take on more than they can handle if, if something were to happen and change, because it does change rapidly. And at the same time, there's a lot of money to be made when there's a, a changing market. So. Uh, we encourage everybody to learn more first and foremost. And in line with that, uh, Aaron and I will continue these discussions and get more in depth with regard to cryptocurrency and the law. I really appreciate you coming on today, Aaron, and look forward to those uh, future discussions. Sounds good. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, everyone. Go make it worth it. Thanks for joining us for Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. We hope you feel energized and ready to soar past your goals. 
Become a Flock fan and subscribe to our podcast for weekly episodes. Learn more at GoosemanLaw.com.